Hello, I am Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we are two teachers talking. This is a podcast where Tony and I get together and explore ideas about teaching, teaching in Japan, language teaching, university teaching, and teaching in general. Trying to explore and find out what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, the mistakes we're making, uh, the answers and solutions to our mistakes. And it's kind of just a little talk where Tony and I really just try to share our ideas. And today we are doing our 64th episode, episode number 64, which of course is when I get older, losing my hair, Beatles line. And we're talking about this really weird, strange topic, which is technology in the classroom or the classroom in technology or something along those lines. And Tony, you and I are both guys who like to use tech. We use tech in the classroom. We use tech in our lives. And I think um, it's gets bandered around a lot. People argue for it. People argue against it. And what do you think in general? If you, somebody said to you, hey, what's your ideas about tech in the classroom? What would be a, the things that would pour out of your mouth immediately? Well, I guess the, the first thing that maybe comes to mind is it's, um, I guess, maybe the disappointment or the failure of it to bring any of the changes that most people would expect of it, right? I mean, our classrooms still look like something from the 19th century. There's, there are, or 18th all, or 17th century. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Abraham Lincoln would be very happy and, and recognizes this as a classroom. It hasn't changed. You've got rows of desks, the teacher's desk up in the front, the blackboard in the back of the teacher, and um, gone through all kinds of generations of technology, like the new chalk, <laughs> and then, you said before, film strips, and tape recorders, and VHS, and now there are wow electronic whiteboards and nothing really has changed and um yeah well speaking i mean you you talked about um before we talked about that new building new building or new classroom at your school oh and well it's not at my school it's a school i i work at it's um i teach a couple of classes there and they just i've mentioned this before in the podcast where they they built this whole new building and it's just new and high tech and, <laughs> right the um, you know students put their card up and their attendance is taken the room is completely environmentally controlled their environmental controls but there's a center console but there's a, a lectern and a, there's a podium with a lectern on it and at the front all the cl- students are at tables that are free, cannot really be moved easily and they're just in rows. Everybody's facing the teacher. There's two screens at the front of the room that come down so that their two projectors can show their images. And it's just insanely useless in so many ways. Mm. It's the teacher-fronted classroom all over again. So right, exactly. What like I mentioned, no change, right? Right, right. And we've mentioned this before that this is so representational. Um, it's actually it's iconic. Number one, you look at this room and you say, well, obviously nobody even talked to a teacher or teachers about what they wanted. And maybe the really scary thing is to find out maybe they did talk to teachers and maybe there are a lot of teachers who are still in, I get in front of the classroom and lecture kind of format. But that seems to be really going out of style, I think, in a lot of ways. So it's an example where 
you have all these new technologies and or that are coming out but pe everything's a f is so many years behind the application is years behind what we know and what we can do with it so yeah that was all i laughed when i walked into that classroom yeah but the yeah but i don't know if i ever mentioned this so there's a console right and it has a blu-ray player and you know the buttons so you can do projectors one or two you can have you know computer one computer two you can put sound in and there's they have in, in the console for all the AV equipment, there's cassette player. <laughs> I can't rip. There's a cassette player, and it's a really high-tech <laughs> cassette player. I don't know what that means, but I haven't seen a cassette in I don't know how long. Mm. So it's kind of strange, but it's... There's no way, there's no outlets for the students at the tables, right? My students are actually kind of competing for the available outlets in the no. classroom to charge yeah. their phones. Yeah. Um, so that's a good example of just, yeah, it's, I think like if, if I guess if S S Socrates <laughs> walked into the classroom, he'd get the basic idea. He might see think that there were some strange, you know, magical lighting devices. Hmm. Right, but other than that, it's there's no it's not set up to use the classroom to so that learning can be optimized. Anyway, mm -hmm. it's a long screen there. You can see where how I feel about this whole topic already. So well, so <laughs> just stop. so so what? Well, you see, we we got this you know this obviously this boondog this disaster. Um, but all right, so let's twist it around. So what what should what should the classroom look like? Yeah, it's a really really good question. It's a really good question, and you have to start with that question always has to be answered, right, Tony, about what kind of learning yeah. do we want? Yep. And I can't tell you the answer to that classroom in a sense because I am I have to figure out what kind of learning I want. And I think, Tony, we were talking about this, and you. but before I talk about what that perfect classroom looks like, um, you were talking about somehow, how are you describing it, right? That this is like a solution. Tech has been like a solution to a problem that hasn't been asked or something. Something something like that, right? It's an answer right. to it's a question nobody asked. Or, um, so yeah, you've got the, you, you have the tool, but you're trying to figure out a way to, you have no reason to use it. <laughs> I look for a reason and you start applying it in ways that are not really appropriate. Cause yeah, certainly a lot of the, a lot of the teaching that we do, um, yeah, that any kind of technology would just get in the way. Mm. I mean, it, it should be more like one-to-one, -one, you know, with the you know, human, human communication. Right. Right. And that's part of the issue that yeah. so much is moving towards, you know, with the interest in differentiated instruction. And you can do that with a computer, but we'll talk about that later. But there's a certain pulling back, it seems, almost from the human side. But just wanted to mention that I thought what you said about that, that it's the it's the right questions aren't being asked. So mm -hmm. go, is a really important point. So what's the ideal classroom? The ideal classroom would be a classroom and a by the way, I have to preface this by saying I really don't know how to design this, <laughs> but I kind of know what I want. So the perfect classroom would seamlessly integrate differentiated learning in the sense that 
students of different levels and abilities would be able to be getting the information, knowledge, the work that they need. Um, the classroom would be set up so that students could work independently, students could work in pairs, students could work in groups at the same time. Uh, I think that the ideal classroom would be designed in a way that the teacher would be able to move around the classroom and be able to move around and be able to observe students without having to hover over them. Um, the There would be no square edges. All tables would be ovals and round, would be ah easily movable. All tables would have wheels on them and chairs so that every, the whole classroom can just be moved around really quickly and easily and very importantly quietly so you're not like making incredible amounts of noise and like making the people who are like maybe on the floor under you crazy um the ideal classroom would have writable paint on all the walls so that you could just take like a whiteboard marker or chalk or something, or, or I do this still sometimes, but you'd be able to write on the walls wherever you were and you wouldn't have to go to the front of the classroom to write something so all students could see. Um, there'd be chalk in the classroom so that I could write on the tables when I needed to diagram something for students and I could then wipe it off easily. Um, it's interesting when I think about it, Tony, that these are, they're furniture issues, <laughs> right? A lot, of, a lot of it comes down to that, right? I mean, the actual, you know, the actual physical objects and hardware that surround us and things, a lot of the times those are the, the both the obstacles and the facilitators to what we're trying to do. Mm. And I'm finding, listening to myself, that the hardware that I'm most interested in are furniture things, mm. right? The one thing I hate is when I go into those classrooms, I'm assigned to a classroom that is a, like a lecture hall and fixed chairs oh, and yeah. you know the yeah. kind of chairs that fold out from the desk behind them and you can't move and students can't even turn around and talk to the You cannot turn them. around. Yeah, the only thing you can do is sit there and face forward. <laughs> right, and even talking to the person next to you just is difficult. So I think I'd have that those would be the furniture the writable wall thing is something i've been you know really you know dying for you know where you just go up you know a student asks you a question or you want to you want to move around the room and instead of having to run to the front to diagram something or write it on the board you just would be able to write it on the walls um the uh, okay but in terms of tech things <laughs> wi-fi that works <laughs> 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 Wi-Fi that works and always yeah. works and doesn't give me login problems. All the students can get onto the Wi-Fi easily as soon as they walk into the classroom. Everybody's connected as soon as they walk into the classroom. Uh, the software that I use or the students have, all the apps, everything is integrating beautifully. Um, would be a beautiful thing, too, in my ideal classroom. Um yeah, I think, but I think about it, it's not tech stuff. It's not, well, it is tech. Furniture is tech, right? Mm -hmm. Writable paint is technology. Exactly, exactly. Which I right. think was a really big point you were saying before. Yeah, so, yeah the, labeling, the labeling is a big thing, because, yeah, or no, you think, well, it's, it's, you would not think of that. There's, when we say technology, you wouldn't think about it as writable, with walls that you can write on, but 
it's that's exactly what it is and that's the kind mm -hmm. of useful technology that we could use right right and it's 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 funny because i've mentioned the 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 writable and writable paint to people when they said hey well if you designed a if you were designing classrooms what's the first thing you do i said well i'd make all the walls writable if and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's the only idea I've, I've heard that nobody's criticized or said no way. <laughs> you know, you say, well, there should be computers or there should be tech. There should be um, wireless LAN, right? There should be HDMI cable. And people go, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But whatever. But how about yourself, Tony? Idealized the ideal classroom. Well, I got a lot of the same ideas that that you do, but I, and so what what I'll do is I'll I'll add a little another layer of tech onto it, a little focus of that, but um, yeah, absolutely the writable walls and um, uh, I I wasn't thinking about chalk on the desk, but I was thinking about the same kind of material for tabletops right. and desktops, right? So writable those could also tops. be right. And uh, I was actually I was even when I was thinking about this problem, was uh, kind of on the fence about desks at all. Uh, but then I realized that they were necessary and, uh, but with the same kinds of same ideas that you had in terms of their, you know, mobility around the room, a uh, combination of individual desks and tables where people could work together, being able to separate the desk part of, and the chair part. Um, mm, kind of I thing. forgot to mention that. Yeah, it's a good point. Right. Cause, cause sometimes you need it and sometimes it's in the way, right? Which is the exact opposite of that, uh, lecture hall type of thing but i thought about um and so a lot of the things that we would do again the the idea of a computer or something would kind of get in the way but in other situations where that would be useful to have like for example if you know outside information or some kind of um written stuff uh things things that are read or things that are um written um thinking about for example oh and of course yes the <laughs> The easy, usable Wi-Fi. I mean, that yeah, a given, right? Um, but uh, thinking about yeah, some kind of application uh, which would run on a, on a on a tablet or a you know a notebook type computer uh, with um, multiple screens, where a student would have like one screen uh, for his or her own personal notes. Uh, another one where they were able to collaborate with other individuals or groups in the classroom, and then another screen that was whose purpose is main communication with the teacher. Um, I guess maybe we got to put another screen on there for whatever kind of quote unquote textbook was being mm -hmm. used. Um, so that means so that's standardized, and you can move that around. You can you can look at it, or you can not look at it. And you can the student could go between these different panes or uh, screens and things. Because I think uh, when you make that this next step, where you're going to have an electronic device, uh, I think the the part that doesn't get exploited. Um, I mean, the for, what most what now what's that? What most people, what a lot of people think of is that. Oh well, that the teacher can record his lecture and the students can look at it and record it. No, <laughs> uh, I, I think that the uh, I think the, the the advantage of having the tech is uh, to facilitate that collaboration and communication, not prevent it, right? To to encourage it. So uh, having the 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 computers or the the tablets or whatever they are 
or phones um, set up so that it increases the chance for interaction, collaboration, and communication, whether it's student to student uh, or teacher to student. Um, yes, uh, um, electrical outlets. Yes, I mean it's it's really kind of insane. The, um, anything that's designed now without like power outlets on, on every every available space, right? Because uh, everybody needs those things. Um, but yeah, and, and that having that kind of system and having it open to people outside the classroom, for example, students that are absent. I mean, they can just because they're not in the classroom doesn't mean they can't participate, right? And, you know, maybe have like in, in some of the corners, like you just have like couches and chairs and things where you, you can retreat to that spot and, and work on uh, whatever kind of problem it is. And so when I think about this, I think of it as this kind of an ideal environment. You talk about different kind of learning for um, problem solving type thing and whatever kind of problem that might be, whether it's an engineering problem, whether it's a, you know, artificially constructed communication problem for, for a language type class. Um, Obviously, there's some class, some types of classes that this is, you know, really not practical and not, not doesn't really help either, right? But uh, where you have a need for interaction, collaboration, problem solving, I think that kind of uh, is real useful. An extra component to this would be some kind of um, a bulletin board or hangout that exists after the class ends where students can go back, ask questions of each other or the teacher, uh, supplement things, you know, maybe they do outside research that so they can add to that. Uh, people can, you know, t discuss what was happening, maybe rebut what was happening, um, add information to it, uh, student to student, again, monitored by the teacher, um, and also have some kind of easy access to the teacher for the students, where students could ask questions uh, about assignments etc etc so that that so mine looks a lot like yours and then i just added that other layer of tech for some time some kinds of classes yeah it's interesting while i was listening tony that the basic connection between what i talked about on the primitive level and what you were saying is that does whatever we want to put in the classroom enhance collaboration Right. Does it increase the amount of student-to-student -student talk, the amount of students working together? Does it facilitate the teacher being able to help students learn and work together? So that's a good metric. Does it really... Right, and it's the exact opposite of, like, for example, you talked about the lecture, the mm. lecture hall, and yeah, even even the, the, the new building, that new classroom that you talked about, it's like, oh... And I, I've had the same experience, right? You know, they, they they remodel things, they put it together, and you you know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, great, this is going to be really nice. You walk in, and you just your heart just sinks. It's like, oh man, yeah, the, the, we had movable desks, and now they're bolted right. down. They're nice, new, and shiny, but <laughs> but they don't move. Yes. Yeah, and so that's a good rule. Is it movable? And if you think about it, is it portable? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, flexible. Yeah, it's like, first yeah. off, do, is it flexible? In other words, does it have multiple uses? Can it adapt to different needs? And is it easy to use? Is it easy to adapt? That's, those are the bottom lines. I think that what happens for us, because we're at the university level, the implementation of these kinds of tools might not be done in the best way. 
uh, there's, but I do know that where my daughter goes to school, um, which is Canadian Academy out in Kobe, that their use of tech is just really well done. They just do an incredible job of using tech. Their classrooms, by the way, I've gone and visited and like, well, you know, during on parent day. And I walked into one of the classrooms and the teacher had like sofas in one corner, right? It was exactly what you described. Um, and I forgot to mention too, mm. that the classroom, my ideal classroom is kind of would be like, it would be really able to, to easily create different kinds of stations. And that it could be, you know, put up and torn mm. down within seconds. And you know, the other thing too, this is really true. I, as a as a university educator, that it would be really nice if I could have a place to leave stuff in the classroom, rather than just you know in the shelf under the lectern and not know if it was going to be there the next week. That's a really, but, that's you know, a really good. The other point. That's right, real nice. Yeah, yeah, that's really important. And no, none of them, none of them are. Yeah, I should say I would like to have that without having to go to an office to get the key <laughs> before class and then return the key to the classroom afterwards. Um, but, you know, there's an interesting thing, too, that I was thinking about in terms of the ideal classroom. And a lot of this, again, has been kind of my revisiting childhood by being a parent and going to my daughter's classes as she was in um, kindergarten, then elementary school, moving into middle school. And one of the things I realize is that as we move upwards through the educational system and because of how the classrooms are designed and the fact that as you move up in the system more into the secondary level and then into tertiary university level, that the professors go to a room and then leave the room, whereas in elementary school, the teacher is in that room all day, for example. And I was thinking that mm -hmm. when I walked into, for example, to my daughter's elementary school, the walls are covered with different things, right? Posters and student work and art and, you know, just the rooms are decorated. And so the student's visual input, the student's focus is all around them. It's in the environment. And as we move those students through the education machine... <laughs> that more and more their field of focus starts narrowing and narrowing and narrowing but to the point that by the time they get to college their focus is either on just on the the person talking to them in front or their desk the quality kind of input we can provide to them has decreased right there's no um you know posters on the walls right there's no artwork there's no friendly kind of stuff the rooms are cold so i think the ideal classroom for me would kind of maintain that kind of ele kindergarten, elementary school, joyful student work on the board, um, posters. So, mm. you know, the ideal classroom would just be not only writable walls, it would be like screens so that on one wall would be the vocabulary list, on another wall would be the article, on another wall would be some supplementary materials, maybe a video's going, I don't know, and the students could walk up to those walls and like you know, have their own poster sessions. And it would be easy, it wouldn't require anything, it could be set up. So again, the, the way the, as, well, what am I trying to say here is that maybe what we need to do is kind of return go backwards and kind of look at what those teachers in like, you know, elementary school and kindergarten do. They're the ones who are really, I think, using technology in the best way as a, 
Well, how about how about how about this for a um um kind of a still you know just like flying car c- category, right? But uh, future tech where um your writable walls are also screens, digital screens where students, when you start your classroom, you have control or the students have control of what goes up on those walls. So like from their tablet, they can project right. their this week's project or whatever you know an interesting picture they found or a, a video. Um, or may a video of their own presentation, or whatever it might be, and then at the end of the class, you just flick a switch and it. it was, I was thinking that one of the great things the, in an ideal classroom would be that the tech is not teacher centered as well. It would be student centered, exactly what you yeah, said. So yeah, that yeah, as right. soon as the student comes in, their homework, for example, is put onto this screen kind of wall, right? And there's no name, let's say. It's anonymous. So all the students can see the work of the other students. And they could just walk up yep. and mark. And then you'd have, you'd be, right? You'd be able to write on the, 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 the screen. And you'd be able to write on top of whatever is there. Right. So there's this homework and a student can say, hey, I have this suggestion. And rather than having to type in something, they can just write on the wall and mark it. And by the way, that's um, Mm. probably the the best thing I've ever discovered in terms of tech. I'm jumping ahead here, but it's because we're talking about these writable walls and the screens is that one of the things I found that's best in a writing class is project a student's paper, you know, asks if they're willing to volunteer or take their name out of it, and you project onto a whiteboard, not onto a screen, and then you can edit the paper in front of the students um, mm. on the whiteboard, make the corrections, and it's just incredibly quick and incredibly fast, and the best thing is, is the student who's, who you're editing is, you know, rapidly writing down and taking all the notes because they know that it's, you're going to erase it afterwards. So... Yes, that's something I use, but you're right. I'd love to see that, those screens and the students' work or whatever it is they want to put up there goes up, right? You know, hey, this is what I want to share today, or this is the interesting article. Good, that's a right, good one. Very, very nice. Anything else you put in? Someday, someday. I I think that's probably probably the end of what I've got now. Um, Um... yeah, because again, you know, it depends on what problem comes up. Then we can think of something to solve it. But I can't think of, uh, you know, I don't want I don't want to go backwards and think up some tech thing that trying to okay now find a way to use it. You know, kind of go okay the other way, right? And yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, anything that would be like as you said to increase that um, the, the you know put the focus more like on, on the student and let them give them more control over what's happening in the classroom and what they share and what they can do together um, anything that'll let us do that is um, is good for me yes and again you know does it enhance the learning because I'm beginning to think and this has been an idea that's been at the back of my head is that you know the technology that we have, and this rise in the use of technology and the rise of standardized testing in the United States and data collection. Somehow, I wonder how they're connected. You know, I know correlation is not mean causation, but you know, the mm-hmm. movement in the United States to standardized testing, which is resulting in really moving away from real education, from real learning and teaching, is 
possible mm. the massive amounts of data because we have the technology. So one way mm. to look at it is that maybe technology is not enhancing learning because it helps or supports this data collection which allows for right more testing more of a testing regime right right and but and i think i think you're right i mean but i think also part of the problem is is actually that question itself i think it's it's the wrong question is technology helping or um moving learning along um it's it's a it's a it's a bogus question it's like because like well what how how are you using what did what technology right. what do you mean by that right so um what do you what what you can't put it all together in, in one thing and i think that's what, what, what people often do and that's always why like we were sitting including ourselves in this too it's like yeah well why hasn't technology transformed education it's like well it's not supposed to <laughs> uh, it can't um it's the wrong question it's like what 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 the question is why why aren't we doing something with technology to advance learning why are we misusing it why are we not using it to its full um, capability you know to its full potential right and this is where we again we both talked about this where identify what learning you want to occur or identify what kind of problem there is that needs to be right. solved don't give me a solution to for something and then seek a problem that it fits and this is, I think, what we've both been saying, right? Um, and wasn't that, it was the, the book, wasn't it Silicon Snake Oil? Or a long time ago, but this whole idea, right, that computers would transform the classroom. And as you mentioned before, right, you know, all the technology that's been touted that's going I to transform. I want my flying car. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> they promised us flying cars. Well, we're going to have self-driving yeah. cars. Well, we already have self-driving cars. I don't soon, want but... that. I want a flying car. I want to drive it myself. You want an airplane? <laughs> no, I want a flying car. <laughs> right. Well, that's because right, right. But if you were, if you had enough money, you could have a car and an airplane. But no, yeah, you right. want yeah. one. And you see, right, Tony? That's really the key, isn't it? Is that when we look at what technology we want, we want a folding in. We want a yeah. blending. We want to be able to take disparate devices or tools and be able to put it into our backpack and not have it weigh us down. Right. And that's really a key. Ask yourself, is it a multi-use tool? Um, and it goes back to, do you remember Swiss Army Knives? They oh, yeah, were, I got, I carry one around. Every, yeah. So well, I think most of our listeners would know a Swiss Army Knife. But you remember how Swiss Army Knives also suffered from the usual technological problem of bloat. After a while, there was the one that was like one inch thick. Do you remember that one? The They're one still around. Like, They're still around. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And as Robin Williams once pointed out is, why would you need a corkscrew in an army knife? <laughs> I think his joke was something along the lines. He said, yes, many of you have not opened a bottle of Chardonnay under fire. <laughs> Well, you're not Swiss either, so... Good point, but um, <laughs> I did use that while traveling, but you see, oh. you see... Yeah, right. Now, here's a perfect example. We can... I'm going to use this as an example of technology and the in how technology is not properly done. There is no reason that I need a corkscrew on my Swiss Army knife because screw caps are available. And that goes back to the resistance you were talking about with people, right? That... 
we have this great technology now that seals a wine bottle perfectly. It's a screw cap. No, it does not have the elegance of taking the corkscrew out and doing that whole process. But a simple screw cap on, off, boom, I'm done, right? I want simple solutions. I want them to have multiple uses. And it has to serve the needs of my students and myself. And it has to be at the service of learning. So if it doesn't do that, then what's the point? And I find myself here being really guilty of this, where I see a technology and I go, oh, what can I do with it? And, and, than... in, and in order to use it, you end up jerry-rigging and changing all your tried and true methods and ways that you do things in order so that you can integrate this thing somehow into the flow and then very as often as not we screw it up right 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 something right. that was something that worked very well before but you wanted to use this new tech thing but then we got to do this then we've got to do that and then we've got to train because, the students to do that and it's like uh, <laughs> you're just going yes. backwards right and that training the student issue is something we we should just do a whole episode on because Christ. The, yeah. you know yeah it's just amazing I, as i've said before i'm always surprised at how my students can find creative and innovative ways to mess up my perfect systems but <laughs> you know the one tool that i think that has transformed teaching the most and has not transformed teaching the most are spreadsheets hmm. and spreadsheets are one of those tools that just makes the teacher's life easier because it takes out the issue it makes grading or adding points together really incredibly easy and you know tony i was talking to teachers and i was asking them about their quizzes like how many quiz questions do you ask how many questions does your average quiz have how many questions does your test have um, how many points does a homework assignment have in a lot of ways? And I was amazed that most teachers are doing like 10 or 20 point quizzes, for example, and their tests will have 50 points. In other words, they use somehow numbers that can be expanded into 100. All right. You know, so mm -hmm. okay, 10 out of 10. And I, sure. I, I, I was amazed at this. I said, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I can have a quiz with like seven questions and the spreadsheet. Yeah, you don't need will... to make up. You don't need to make up three questions to make it an even 10. You, seven exactly, questions are the right number. Exactly. Seven is the number. And how often did we used to do that? Oh, my God, it's going to be so hard to add it when I'm using the calculator to put these points together. I need to have something that works is 10. I have to have 10. So you make three extra questions. There's an example where technology really has provided something I think really valuable. And then I watch and see that people haven't discovered it. Hmm. And I look at myself and go, how many of the this kind of similar thing am I doing? You know, right. So that's, again, that's, a, that's a very interesting question right there. I like what you mean? How much am I missing? <laughs> well, anybody, all of us. On a I mean, daily that, basis, you know, examination right? of our own habits and our own systems, and, um, and you know, a real critical look and see, well, you know, why, why am I doing it this way? Is this the best way to do this? I, I mean, I think all of us uh, would benefit from a little self scrutiny in in that area, right? I mean, that's important. Yeah. We don't yeah. have time to do it, but it's important. <laughs> well, this is something else I, I forgot to mention that would be in my ideal classroom, but it's a good point. 
time to bring it up and it's also reminded me of that is in my ideal classroom there would be um, cameras that would be set up to watch the students and there, there would be cameras all around the room that would be watching me as a teacher and I'd be able to record myself and record the students and these would be time stamped and I could get these and I could watch myself as a teacher and watch what was happening with the students and that this would be completely private and only you know I would have access to that I think it would be an incredibly helpful tool rather than having to go in and if I want to you know record myself set up um, a camera and that it would be understood that this is being used only for teaching purposes so that'd be a great technology tool that would help self-reflection and looking at myself and exploring things I think but I, again, I think you're right. You always have to ask yourself and you have to be very critical about what you're doing with your teaching. But the, that Excel, the spreadsheet issue, I think is quite an interesting one that shows us just how we bring old ideas into new systems and don't exploit them properly. Do you think there's any other examples of that? Oh, there's got, I can't, I can't think of any, but there's, there's got to be, dozens i think because um, okay. it's, it's it's insidious right because we don't realize that the you know the the re real reason that we might be doing something or we made the re reason why we made a certain decision or a choice um all the factors are not always obvious it was okay well it looks like okay this looks like the way to go but what's the reason for that uh and you said like it's like yeah to, to round it up to 10 to make it easy to grade right um, there's gotta be, there's gotta be all kinds of things that we do. Um, I don't know, taking attendance maybe. Um, mm. I mean, is it useful? Well, do you mean just do take, I taking take... it? No, just taking attendance. Is it, is it, is it worth five to 10 minutes of your classroom time? Oh, you mean I don't, ask, I right, don't, yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind doing it because it helps me learn the students' names and faces. Hmm. And that's that's its primary use for me, because mm. um, I I don't I don't factor their attendance into their grades. Shh, don't tell them that. But um, because there's, because if they're not in class, they're not getting credit for other things that they're doing. There's so much of my grades that are uh, activity based, but taking the attendance lets me, at least each day each time. Cause, I mean, I've got some big classes, right? And uh, it, it does take some time to go through forty five names, but especially in a classroom like that. Um, yeah, that little bit of extra interaction, I think, is worth it. And yes, there are, you know, you've got a reasonably sized classroom. You can turn that attendance thing into a like a mini mini quiz or question of the day. Or it's like, you know, I call your name. You tell me what you did last weekend. It's really nice. But with, with 45 kids, that would be half the class. So mm. that's not practical. But um, yeah, that's one of those things. It's like, okay, with do I take why do I take attendance and, and I'm kind of just thinking out loud as, as I answer the question but um, yeah there's got to be all kinds of other things that we do for reasons that are not immediately apparent I think mm. you know I was just thinking about that because it's true I don't remember a lot of my students names because I just don't take attendance mm. I just you know I can give a quiz at the beginning of the class and right I get, right and it serves as a, an attendance marker. An but attendance also, check, right. My, my attitude really is, excuse me, but this is college. 
Right. I don't want to take attendance. It's, it's a college class. Right. I was thinking, wouldn't it be great? Though? Here's a great technology that um, the student's name just magically appears above their head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need and your that, Google Glass for that. Right. Well, you see, there, okay, well, there was, a, you know, that's great. You see, you, told, you can see that I jumped on that one right away. Hmm. There was an example of an incredibly fantastic technology that had one poorly designed feature that killed it. And that was Google Glass with a camera. What I wanted was Google Glass without a camera. Hmm. And I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be great that every student has Google Glass and that as they're reading a text, the the definition of a word just appears mm. and that they tap the glass and it automatically goes into a special um, flashcard program that they have. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you that, think about the, the, the potential with, with that it could come out of that, that Google Glass thing. It's just, it's just fantastic. But that's a really... it's a, it's But it, in some ways, it's almost the archetypically perfect example of how one feature can destroy a pretty good idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. I think nobody complained about what Glass could do. They really complained about the camera. The, the camera and the privacy. Yeah. Right, that was it. Now take, take the camera out. Mm. And it's walking around an augmented reality where information is being given to me as I'm walking around and it's not, my focus is, my visual focus is not moving. Um, that's really helpful. You know, another way that technology, I think people could use it in a better way or to ask yourself is, does this technology increase students' attention or does it decrease their attention? Does it move their focus or does it increase their focus? And people go, oh, that's a really, really good question. The problem is, as you were saying, Tony, is that it's kind of like a bogus question because there are times when we want our students really focused and there are times when we want their attention moving across different, right? Um, what's the word I'm looking for, different materials. So I'm thinking, just think, talking out loud that, again, we have to start phrasing these questions differently. And it's not all or nothing because everything is different. So it goes back again to that flexibility, how adaptable is the piece of equipment. But yeah, the Google Glass thing. Sorry, I just kind of jumped on that because I, I thought it was really cool when it came out. But then I thought, uh oh, I don't want Google knowing everything. But then again, the government knows everything too, so what difference does it make? <laughs> but that's and they still the... do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think we we need to address the privacy issue with tech, or and that, for example, the important point is that if it's free, you're the product. Well, and... yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe on another. I think for this, it's really not not that relevant. I mean, I think because you talk about in class with the collaboration thing, I think you just put that in the, the hands of the, of the student, let them choose what they want to share and what they want to keep private. I talked about those multiple panes and things. Yeah, so some things are private and some things are to be shared. And you make that a clear line and you're done. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it, it, the, it's a funny thing talking about uh, the flow of information and privacy. And you talked about the camera where you can see and uh, no one else can and things. I remember just talking about and maybe, and maybe this kind of like at our bridge to um, kind of winding up and talking about, you know, resistance to uh, tech and things. 
Um, this is a long time ago, but uh, it was um, in one of the you know those traditional call classrooms. It's just a bunch of students with PCs in front of them, and uh, the the talking about the teacher's console, and uh, the uh, setup and someone who was like explaining and you know, how the thing everything worked and things, and it says, well, you can, you know, from the teacher's console, you can look and see. Um, you know, at each each student's screen, and I says, "Well, can, can a student see my screen?" He says, "No, no, huh? Uh, yeah, and right." I says, well, why why would I why would I want to look at this? Well, how else would you know if they're on the right right page? <laughs> if you can't, but they, if you but can't, they can't if you see. can't go right, right, exactly. It's like, oh my god, isn't that <laughs> my head touch. almost exploded? My head right there in the room. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, okay. So this is so why why isn't tech transform? It's because it's what we're doing with it or not doing with it, right? Mm. Um, and there's you know, I mean, and, and so talking about these other ideas that we had and why things are not getting adapted. Okay, so of course, there's a whole um, problem of like you know the implementation and uh, you know the idea the, the you've got the equipment with software hardware and then you've got the idea of what to do with it, and you've got the implementation of it and it can go wrong at any point but there's a you know a whole other bigger i think thing about just like general resistance right and so like you know the the human instinct to like you know we fear change <laughs> i don't want I don't, what, I don't know, this what is this new stuff it's spooky i don't like it no no let's let's keep let's keep things the way they are this is the way we do things um administration makes decisions like like the classroom that you talked about um they with a total disconnect of what teaching is or should be um like you said do they ever ask the teacher what they wanted in the classroom or how the classroom might be used um a lot of times it's the teachers and ourselves right i mean we're reluctant to break old habits it's hard <laughs> you know, relearning how to do something, like learn, you know, and learning a new technology, and questioning why you've done things, and self-examining—that's that's hard work. It's painful. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it hurts. I'm going and through the students. one of those right now. <laughs> and the students. Well, let's 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 stay on a happy note, <laughs> <laughs> because you know that has really been the problem this year for me. And I'm yeah, gonna... yeah, you've had a hard time. I've had a hard time and I'm going to put this out there and I've gotten feedback from different teachers and I've been actually gotten a lot of criticism about emphasizing system and process over learning. Mm. Um, and this goes to, I don't teach as many students as you do, Tony, but I, I think um, I get something like 200 homework submissions a week mm -hmm. from my students. I give my students you know, homework and I want them to submit it and I don't want paper mm -hmm. because I need to be portable because people who know me know that I'm moving between Yokohama and the Osaka region of Japan and I want to be able to access things all the time all during the week I don't want to have something a file in my office and say oh, I can't I can't mark that because I'm I tend to use the tech the most way Tony is that I'm communicating with my students outside of class we're using email. We're using, um, um, for example, now we're trying, I'm trying out with some of my students a thing called Slack, which is a kind of a, a text-based way of communicating that 
tends to really improve upon email, allow for communication, allows for groups and et cetera, but I'm not gonna go into that right now. Um, but I'm getting 200 submissions a week and I have a specific naming convention I ask my students to use. <laughs> I think it's really simple. <laughs> yes, I know, and I know, I know that I think it's simple, but you know, and you know, I've talked about this. And it's oh, no, I, mean, I, I do this. Student I, number, I know exa right, I know exactly underscore, what, yeah, I and the, the assignment thing. title. And... After nine or ten weeks, there are still students who are submitting the work in the wrong way. And so what I do is I get a folder with, you know, 25 assignments. And for each out of the 25 assignments, two or three will be unnamed. And I have no idea who's, who, right? Yeah, yeah. You know. And I know it's human nature, and I know it's people a design problem, and I have to figure out a foolproof system, but there are no foolproof systems, and human beings are incredibly creative. The problem, to some degree, with tech is that it I noticed it's creating a certain rigidity in me. I'm becoming a little bit more rigid, you know, that it has to be done this way. On the other hand, it seems like a simple requirement, but I see my students struggling with it. Of course, it's a second language, but here's the here's the thing where we talk about technology i write it on the board i explain it there are the details are available on a website and i'm constantly reworking my website i've been really redoing the website trying to simplify it um and um, vocabulary controller for example i've started running all my posts everything for the classes through um something called lex tutor which will give you your vocabulary level you know how many words and what the complexity of it is um, which is a great tech tool, but the students, you know, those three or four students per class, let's say, and given however many classes, start takes up a lot of time. Mm. That's a disadvantage. So I'm worried a little bit about that emphasis on system or process, but yeah, you have to train your students. And the crazy thing, for example, at one place I know, they say, we'd like you to use the learning management system. And you say, okay, fine. Do the students know how to use the learning management system? And they say, no, you have to train them. And, you know, and I just want to say, excuse me, so this is kind of like a, um, an internship. I'm get, It's unpaid. You want me to take on the extra burden of training students on a system that you guys should train, and I have to take away from my my class to train them and on top of that i have to deal with the frustration that happens when people are trying to learn new tech no thank you it's so what happens most of the teachers don't use the learning sure. management systems and we could go into just how how poorly designed they are right 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 they're not they're not user friendly ah oh, that one yeah talk word. about implementation yeah. Yeah. yes yeah i love that one where somebody says it's user friendly and then you have trouble with it and then i can <laughs> develop and then i develop self-esteem issues or my favorite one is, Tony, you know, when you're, you're reading something, you're trying to learn something, and let's say it's uh, some kind of coding or something, and the person says, it's really easy to learn this. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's a phrase that should be excised from the English language. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to say, it's really easy to learn this. No, for you, maybe it was easy to learn, but for me, it's not. So, Yeah, if it was easy, I would have already learned it, right? Yeah, well, right. No, we don't want to say that. Right. Oh, yes, you do. We do. We do. <laughs> well, I can play around with that. But that's a really good example is what where tech would best be served would be 
that when I look at something, let's say I, I want to go on the web and do something, that mm. there should be a click thing that says, here's my, here's my sense of my level. And that that website provides information geared towards how I feel I know about something. That would be great. So again, though, we're kind of going back, Tony, I think, to the idea of how easy is it to use? It should be easy to use. It should be, or no, first off, it should be easy to learn, right? Right. If we're thinking of like, what are the key points for the technology we're talking about? Well, it's, why it's it got, it's got to be easy to learn, both for the for the students and for the teachers. Because if, it, as you just pointed out, it's like, if it's not easy to learn, people are not going to use it. It's not okay. going to be used, right? So it's, yes, how, absolutely, it had to be easy to be used. Right. And think how much of the technology that students would, we've tried, they just pick up and they get right away. Mm -hmm. um, so something, for example, like Socrative, which um, right. is pretty good. Students get it, but it you have to train them about room number. Right. And I don't know how many students have entered the room number as well, their ID. That's, that's, a, that's a problem with the, that application because that screen... Um, on the top says student. Mm -hmm. And so they see student and they type in their name mm -hmm. rather than the, because little faint letters in the box, it says teacher's room code. Right. But the big, le the big word is student. And so you see student, so you type in your name and then it says, well, there's no room by that name. And uh, Tony, I don't know what, to, what is this? And so that's a glitch that's a little glitch with the, that system that makes it harder for the students to use right they need but to what, rework that page right and what happens is when it doesn't work um we were talking before um uh, in the podcast about the different yeah. kinds of users according to design principles right mm -hmm. and where they talked about the mainstream user well there's three right i mentioned that there's the expert user the early adapter and the mainstream user and i find that the description of a mainstream user is the person just wants it to work and if it doesn't work they panic and they revert to old behaviors. Right. And once that student panics using a technology, it's a struggle to get that student to use that technology in a comfortable way mm. the next time. So that's a design issue. Right, right. And so yeah, it goes, so easy to use design, right? Right. It goes back to the VCR, right? Remember, pro, you know, try to program a VCR to record something? It's yeah, and like, everybody had the flashing 12, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everybody just... <laughs> You know, I remember once going to somebody's house and it actually had the right time. And <laughs> I said, why don't you teach me how to do that? And the person said, I'm not going through that experience ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so painful. So it should be easy for the students to use or learn. So it has right. to be easy to learn. It has to be easy to use. Right. It has to... Um, minimize the range of potential errors in use, right? So it has to be a focus tool in a certain way. You know, maybe that's exactly what we need are just small little tools and we need a toolbox of them. But yeah. if it has, a, you know, the more open that tool is, the more likely it is that there's going to be variation in its use, which could be a good thing, but often can result in students doing the wrong thing. Mm. What else? Ah, it should be, it should not require students to have to register and sign in hmm. that's an important thing to me because i don't know what is being done with those tools and i think that's there's gonna be a little bit of a blowback in a few years about that but 
What else, Tony? Um, it should make ah, it should make my life easier. <laughs> no, I want to start with that number one, right? But something like a spreadsheet, for example, is it just you can't argue with it, right? It's right. the first thing we do. We set up our spreadsheets at the beginning of the semester because it's such a time-saving tool. Even though I hate that first process, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? Well, I think what that you think? You, about the efficiency, right? Yes, I think you 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 kind of you know, laughed about it, but no, that is what it's one of its primary one of the primary things is yeah, it's got to lessen your workload. It's got to make things easier. If it's not making things easier, um, it but really better do one of the other things well. Like so, so it's one. It's you know big thing. Yeah, it's got to enhance learning. Okay. If it, I mean that's if it the doesn't. Biggie, it's, if right? it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it then doesn't, then it, you, why are you using it? Because it's saving me time. That's the only other reason, yeah. right? So I mean, those are the two, right? Yeah. Okay. Show's so over. Those are the two. Yeah. That, <laughs> wrap. I mean, that's and, it. I mean, everything else has got to fit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is it is it appropriate? Is it is it doing what it's designed to do? Whether it's to make the learning better or to redu- to make things easier for you or for the students, right? But I'm um, wondering. I'm sorry. No. I was going to say though that when we're looking at that original question of why tech hasn't transformed classrooms, it's because I don't think people have looked at it with those two questions. Does it enhance learning? Does it save time? And does it not require a steep learning curve? Right. If, and that's once you've answered the problem, you know, you've come up with a problem or some issue, something that you need to solve, something you need to deal with, something you want to fix, something, you know, just ask yourself the question, does it enhance learning? So somebody says, hey, Charles, does a spreadsheet enhance learning? I said, it saves me time. Therefore, it gives me more focus on planning, developing, giving feedback to students. Yes, it enhances learning. Right. Um, and it frees you, for example, from making like, having to have 10 question quizzes. Exactly. Which right. if you just think was just an arbitrary number. Right. Yeah, and to I'm get not, you to, to 100, right? Right. And I'm not making filler questions anymore. Right, exactly. So your 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 quizzes and your tests yeah. have more validity than they would without them. So, right. bingo. Yes, and you know the other thing is, you know, does the technology gather evidence and data for me that will improve my ability to customize my classes for students and to optimize learning? You know, I you know does the system provide me with the data easily and in a readable form? Sure. Yeah. I think that's really important, and because um, it's something that yeah, it's something that the tech is very good at, right? I mean, computers and things, um, having that kind of data is very good at generating that stuff. And if it doesn't do it well, then it's it, kind of design problem, right? It, it it should be because that's one of its one of its big advantages, right? Yeah. Is that yeah, you it gives you that data to be able to look at it and to see, measure what's working and what's not. Right. And I think another possible reason, Tony, that I'm just thinking that leads to this problem is when I go to the tech support people at any university, none of them were teachers. Right. So they're very able to go ahead. And some of them, they're not good. They don't have a tech background either (laughs) at some places that I've been. Well, I'm really fortunate. No, you're no, you're absolutely right. The whole irony of the name, right? Support. (laughs) The the concept. I mean, really, I mean, because their perspective is that like, well, yeah, um, their their job is to keep the computers going. And your, your job is to 
do it their way. Mm. Right. So the reason, again, and this the reason it hasn't succeeded is it's going to come down to that the constant answer was a lack of communication and collaboration from the different people involved in the process. You know, I really just you have to sit down with everybody involved and figure out who are you serving right and so who, who is who are we serving we're serving students that's what we do right where does it enhance learning and i want to ask myself how often when technology or schools are implementing a technology do they even bother to get the teachers together how often do they bring students into those meetings and include students as participants and that's going to be never mm. right they don't bring students in, and so it becomes something the teacher guesses at or the administration guesses at. So, end user, end user. Have we pretty much covered what we wanted I to think cover? we're there. I think we're I, there. Yes, well, one of the other things I forgot to say is one of the great things about technology is it allows for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it allows you and I to get on here and make Well, as we said, that, that, you know, it... it Increased sharing of information and information flows. Like, yeah, um, how else? Yeah, with without these modern tools, we wouldn't be able to do this, right? Right. And and, and you know, not only the podcasts that we make, but all, you know, obviously the the podcasts that you and I listen to that teach us so much, right? Right, right, right. And you know, it's funny, Tony, because um, we're wrapping up. But when people talk about what are some of the great innovations that came about with from Apple during Steve Jobs' tenure there. You know, podcasting is never mentioned, hmm. right? People talk about the iPad, the iPhone, the Apple user interface, for example, iTunes. Hmm. But to me, podcasting has been one of the most transformational things. I just love the fact that I can do a search and I can listen to people explaining something to me, walking, you know, me through something and not have yeah. to just do it by reading and it's great for traveling I love incredible it. wealth of information right? out it's there just right there it's great and we need yep and we need something better than google of course if google can't figure it out then why should i think that anybody can figure it out <laughs> okay i think it's well it's quite depth depth right right mm. and <clears throat> it's a lot right we still have to provide our students with the tools on how to use this technology in new ways. For example, I'm trying to think, when's the last time I, I, a teacher ever taught their students Google search parameters? I did that this week. Right, right. You do that, <laughs> and, and I do that. But it's amazing to me that this, every freshman does not go through an orientation where, okay, we're going to show you how yeah, to do this and show you skills, how to right? do this. Basic and by the skills. way, we want you to, right, here's this little cheat sheet, right, that is automatically located on, on the, you know, on the web page. And now I realized I do not want to go there. Web page <laughs> design, right? That's another problem. Mm. I think the mm. problem is that there's not enough design people involved in these decisions and processes. I want more design yeah. people. I like design yeah. people. Okay. Yeah. I think we're there. We're good. Okay. So I'm Charles Wiz. And Tony Silva. That's two teachers talking.com. Okay. Two teachers talking at gmail.com. And we're two teachers talking on iTunes. And this has been Skype. Episode 64. I can't believe we've done that many, Tony. Mm hmm.
All right. Well, guess what? I'm about to sit down in front of some technological marvel and push buttons that enter grades that will magically appear at the end of the semester in some <laughs> end result number, right? Yeah, yeah. We're looking at screens and pushing buttons here, too. Yes, <laughs> yes that's how... It must, that's be, how it must be the weekend. That's how tech has transformed my life. I spend a lot more time in front of a screen and a keyboard. Oh, jeez. Okay. You be well, Tony. Okay. Thanks. Bye.